Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. My name is Talia Joy. Welcome back to the show. Today I'm having an incredible conversation with Nadia Kraus. Nadia is a soul health mentor, and today's conversation is so expanding and so incredible. We talk all about the soul's purpose. She shares about soul alignment, what she calls soul health, and how to see who you are on a soul level. There is so much here in this conversation. We touch on manifestation and how to heal yourself, how to live the life that you're meant for. You're going to love everything Nadia has to say. So without further ado, let's welcome Nadia onto the show. Hello, Nadia. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you? (laughs) I'm giddy. (laughs) I'm so excited I'm here too. I'm very giddy. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh, it's going to be great. I love this. We've just had a few minutes to connect and get to know each other. And we are so like-minded and I can't wait to learn from you and explore all the things we're going to talk about today. So can you start by giving us just a little bit of an intro and let us know about you and your business, but also you as a human and where you're from and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from Germany and I married an American We met in Germany, he came to Germany as a U.S. soldier, so we lived in Germany for all of our adult life, and we've only lived in the States for seven years, and I actually built my business bilingually, so I work with German clients and English-speaking clients, and my website is NadiaKraus.com. I'm a huge fan of manifesting, and like you talk about quantum manifesting, and I'm I'm just a huge fan of transformation and always really growing into your next level. So that's really what I love to support my clients with is them mastering their transformation and anchoring their dream, manifesting their dream, building whatever their dream is. And I do it in German and English and I love it because I didn't speak German for a long time. And lately I'm speaking German regularly again. So that's a little bit about me. Mm, That's so awesome. That's really neat, you know, because I know I've had clients or seen people that speak multiple languages and sometimes they're like, what do I do? Do I do English? Do I do, you know, we had someone on the show that was French and English and do I do French? Do I do English? And it's like, what do you want to do? Right. And some people are like, I just want to talk in English or I just want to talk in in French or I just want to do both. And I love that you're lit up to, to serve both. And that must be so fun because German is your original language, you know, but you can expand into English. And yeah, that sounds really awesome. (laughs) I just started missing speaking German. German is, I didn't want to lose it and I was losing it. I was literally losing it and I didn't want that. So I just started asking um, German friends, actually literally just went out and asked, Hey, do you want to work with me? And it worked. And, and now it's, it's getting better. And I'm also, not only am I a fan of, um, you know, testing and transformation, but really working in the Akashic records. So that's something where in Germany, it doesn't exist in the same way as in the States or in Canada. So it's almost like I'm doing pioneering work. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I'm able to introduce them to a method where they can really come into their own and manifest at a soul level. So it's all these things that excite me. And you are so right when you say, hey, what do you want to do? It's your business, right? 
Yeah. What do you mean it's not really there? Is it like a consciousness or like a tool they just haven't really discovered yet? It's really interesting. And this, I always knew this because I've always been anchored in both countries because my husband is American and there was always the connection to America. And I always noticed that the U.S. was 10 years ahead of the things like personal growth and development, manifesting, you know, and, and also very innovative jury, like in the box. I don't know if you know this about German, but they're very like do things the right way and prim and proper and structure benefit, but it's also very limiting to an entrepreneur. And what I find interesting, this was just a German friend that said she's looking to do an Akashic Records practitioner certification and training because she wants to integrate it into her work and she couldn't find anything. Mm. And that's the difference. Here you Google and you you find so many options that you kind of have to do research. Mm-hmm. And that was that's that's what I meant with that. It's known um, and it's also anchored in the culture. Have you heard of Waldorf schools at all? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so Rudolf Steiner was actually connected to the Akashic Records. And I personally believe that he actually developed the whole schooling system from his own Akashic Record. That really just makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And because he was a pioneer of his time. So it is interesting that it kind of went under and is now coming back up. Mm-hmm. There are people that work with the records, but just certification programs aren't as available. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's really, really neat. So you are sharing a little bit about your business and I know um, that you're really, you know, interested in helping people with, you know, what you're calling soul health or sort of integration, bringing your soul into the equation, into the equation. So can you tell us a little bit just about how that came about for you? Like, how did you discover what the soul even was or how to work with it and how to manifest with it? What, what that means? means yes absolutely so um I literally grew up in a family of spiritual seekers I was lucky in that way it was normal for my dad to talk to me about the law of attraction and positive thinking and he would I was 11 years old when he started talking to me about it and said you can have anything you want just imagine what you want and he gave me a book and I remember reading the book and my mom gave me a book called Mind Power by John Kehu. And I would practice these things as a teenager and it worked for a really, really long time. I manifested easily and, you know, tried out things. It's like a playground, but I did come to a place where I was patterns. I kept getting burnt out. I kept running my body into the ground and getting burnout. And I would notice that things became sticky. I would manifest things that are not pleasant. And 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 through manifesting them, I would also kind of get stuck in them, almost like manifesting chains. And really, when I realized what is going on, like what is going on? So there had to be a lot of healing work in regards to my body and realizing what the patterns are. And that's when you mentioned the word initiation when we first talked a little bit before the podcast. And it's a very appropriate word for when you start awakening to your soul and to your heart. It's a type of initiation. And that initiation has been a long one. I'll be honest with you. It's been been more than a decade 
it's actually been 22 years because I had my first business at in the year 2000. And that's when it started. I started manifesting things that were just not pleasant. So the 22 year journey that I've had, it took me on that initiation path, understand my heart and soul via intuition first. So via higher self intuition. And then in 2015, I had my own soul realignment, reading, healing, and clearing done by a practitioner. And that's when I got a reading of who I am at soul level. And it was mind blowing because I'm like, wow, you take it for granted. You have a spiritual gift and you think, well, everybody has that. And it's not true. So 2015, it was really, and I've been just practicing that lifestyle since then. So for the past seven years, consciously soul aligning, because I had that initial work done. Does that answer the question? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I love how you notice the almost like the holes in why people might hit a plateau, even when they are focused on self-development and positive thinking and all of these things. And my experience with manifestation, I've been saying this more and more lately because it feels so true. um, Manifestation mastery is (laughs) self-mastery. It just is. And by mastery, I mean wholeness, integration, like really getting to know the self, not just the human self, the soul self, the authentic desires, what you want for yourself versus what other people want for you, all of that. And we get into manifestation to manifest some stuff, right? Make some more money or bring in the, the car we want or something. And then we end up in an awakening going, oh my goodness, there's so much more. And that kind of too is a, is a bit of an initiation, right? Why? we're a seeker and we start for one reason and maybe open up to something totally different but it's neat that as even as a child you were observing that and then got to your own place of like okay well there's something more Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when the soul comes in so can you talk a little bit just about what you mean by soul health because you had mentioned that to me so introduce everyone to sort of you know your teachings in in that way and how you help people with their soul health and their soul journey Absolutely. So soul health is um, a term that I'm coining. I get that. It's people, it kind of sometimes confuses people like, "Mm, I don't get it, but it's easy to take vitamins or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to get when you just use an analogy and you actually, in our conversation prior, you had said it so beautifully. And it's exactly that. Um, We know what to do for the body. We know that when we exercise, our body benefits from it. When we drink enough water, our body benefits from it. When we eat good food, our body benefits um, from it. And when we do those things, we also know that we feel great. We look great. We exude vibrancy and radiance. And it's the same for the soul. There's certain things that are just really, really good for the soul and everything that's has got to do with growth and expansion and self-expression that that's almost like the things that you can do for your soul. But now nobody teaches us how to do that. Nobody teaches how to grow and expand and self-express authentically. So that's why soul health, it's literally teaching the practices that express your soul as a human. And then not only is your body in great shape because you're doing the things for your body, but your soul inhabits your temple, your body. Mm -hmm. So taking care of your body is wonderful for your soul. But then when you're 
soul comes fully into you through self-expression, there's just another level of glow and radiance. And that's why I put those two words together. And one thing you don't know yet, I'm actually also a former corporate health coach. Mm. So, so I was talking to people about the body a lot. And what I was seeing is that there was an absent absence of mind, body, spirit, heart connection. Mm. And that's why that term is just something because when you express self-express your soul, you just automatically become healthier because you automatically, when you're fully inhabited by your soul, you want to take care of your body because it's, it's temple, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you asked me again. I'm, I'm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's beautiful. And yeah, I love that self-expression piece. And I, I you know, I've seen so many people and having clients over all these years, even trying to express to a lot of people that like when you're creative, you're inspired, which is in spirit. That's what I always like to say is inspired is in spirit. And like you said, when you're embodied in your soul or whatever words you'd use, you do have this extra glow that you bring to the supermarket when you're buying groceries or into the rest of your day. It's not that it's all the time we slip in and out, we're still human, but that soul embodiment is something it's hard to put words in like what that feels like, but it's like, when you know, you know, you feel expressed, you feel in touch with who you truly are. And it's just such a magical place. So can you talk about that place of the soul health? So you're working on that soul health and integrating that. How does that come into manifestation in your eyes? So you can, so I do work with the Akashic Records and I work with the Akashic Records one-on-one because everybody has an original divine soul blueprint. So you can imagine that's that part where you, that consciousness and awareness as a human is like, wow, that's my spiritual gift. That That's my point of origination. That's how I express. That's how I bring the gifts to others that I take for granted because they're my gifts, right? And I think everybody has them. So that is that first consciousness and awareness of, oh my gosh, that's who I am at soul level. And then the manifestation piece comes in because you can start using it like a compass. So you have, because we're anchored as a human, we also are anchored in polarity. Because if you think about it, our soul leaves our body, we leave the third dimensional plane, we go back to source and we're oneness, we're love, we're just divine love. But when we incarnate as a soul in a human body, we're individual expression of divinity. And the um, manifesting part comes that we're actually our divine soul blueprint is built to receive 100% life force energy to manifest your expression. So when you align to it, then then you're just, it's like you're giving yourself a boost and you're just making sure that everything in your everyday action of choice and consequence is in alignment. And because we're in duality, there's also dysfunctional aspects of our blueprint. So we all have like almost like a kryptonite, but it's a blind spot. So we don't see it and we don't realize. And when I do the readings, I'm able to point out the, the, the gift but also the kryptonite where I'm like, oh, you got to watch that because you go down that road. That's when you have those shells that I'm not shells. Um, now I'm thinking German. Shackles. Shackles. Yeah. Shackles. <laughs> I like shells, though. <laughs> I pictured like the mermaid bra with the shells, you know, <laughs> anyways, different thing. 
Yes. Um, yeah, that is so interesting. So with your soul, I've, I'm so interested in soul growth and progression. I've studied, um, Ainsley McLeod's work in his books. He, he has a book called the old souls handbook, as well as the instruction. And he channeled through, he wasn't even a spiritual person and had this, you know, realized that he had this team and started channeling and this, this stuff. So he talks about soul ages and being an old soul, what that means, but how you progress in every level has different lessons that you learn and things that you move through. Um, so can you speak a little bit about, like, he talks a little bit how your soul can get a little bit, not confused, but you experience things in your lifetimes. And sometimes we've all had like horrific lifetimes and your soul gets a little bit scarred from it, or I don't know what the word would be for it, but a little bit shaken up. And, and sometimes we are carrying things that are from past lifetimes, which is basically our soul is carrying it. And we get to say, like, I, I get to interrupt that pattern and move through it and overcome. So when you're in the Akashic records, can you talk a little bit about almost like what I'd say, like trauma on a soul? level or however you would say that. And then it kind of keeps us stuck. Yeah, absolutely. So the part that we first talked about that has to do with the manifesting is knowing who you are at soul level, knowing what your spiritual gift is, knowing the functional aspect of it. That's, that's your glory. That's your gift. That's what you can share. But then also being very aware of the kryptonite of the dysfunctional aspect. So because there's this dysfunctional aspect, you are absolutely correct. Um, the Akashic Records is a metaphysical tool that has come onto this planet. It was always there, but we weren't ready for it as humans. My parents did have, didn't have access to it. So, of course, we've led lifetimes where we had no clue who we are at soul level, what our gift is. And that dysfunctional aspect can create these loops we're in. And because we have no awareness and no consciousness, how are we supposed to get out of them? And then what we start creating through our choices is negative karmic patterns and restrictions and blocks. And you can imagine it like this. Um, so my primary um, soul's gift is in two words, just divine power. So divine power is all about knowing cause and effect, you know, every, the energy of my choice determines the energy of my consequence. But now imagine I've lived a lifetime. Women didn't have anything to say just 70 years ago, right? We were told that we need a man to be in our power. We're not even in our power because the man takes care of us. Can you see where I'm going? So I might have bought into the societal norms that I can't be a woman in my power because a man has all the power. So my intuition is telling me I need to leave this man. I don't love him, but I don't do it. And then I die with that. That's a negative karmic loop. And it's it's not that your soul is scarred or wounded. The soul is eternal. It is your human expression didn't get the chance to be fully who you are. So that's the part that it, it's looping in your human expression, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So then if it's on a human level, and I've heard a lot of, I mean, I've seen a lot of different people say that sometimes it can be as simple as saying like, I now release myself like in a sacred space intentionally from these karmic loops from the, you know, not scars, but whatever of the past and the things that I can't, 
you know, see seen and unseen, like even the things I have no idea, um, you know, that are happening. Can we free ourselves that way from these types of patterns? If it's a, if it's sort of being manifested on the human realm, is that where the freedom comes in as well? Yes. Um, I'm going to connect the dot. I had just had a thought because you are not wrong when you use the term scar, because you can imagine it like this. So I talked about the um, original divine soul blueprint in its original state, 100% life force energy is meant for you. So then I explained a bit about cause and effect and making choices where we're not standing on our gift because of societal norms and because of not having access to who we are at soul level. And also it would have been kind of cruel if we did and we're living in the medieval times where we can't change anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just that whole evolutionary path of humanity. So when you say scars, it's not wrong in the sense that those karmic loops and soul stories that are looping, it's almost like they create leaks in your original blueprint and you're leaking. Mm-hmm. So in the clearing work, not only do we discover the loop and the soul story, we also restore the divine soul blueprint. So nothing is leaking. Mm -hmm. And then the human is the one that is habitual, right? So now you're showing up in a habitual way where in my own clearing and my own reading and my own healing process, um, think about when you're not divine power, what are you? You're victim. Mm -hmm. So I had to look at all my victimhood mentality, all my feelings, all my thoughts, all my patterns. And then that human expression had to come into alignment with who I am at soul level. So that's what I'm, you're not wrong when you say scars in that sense. I just wanted to clarify that the soul is is eternal. The soul, that's that higher self, you know, that's it. And then there's the smaller expression of the soul, which is the human, because Let's be honest, if we were all powerful and were already expressed in that way, there wouldn't be any strife or struggle on earth. Everybody would be healthy and happy and we would be fully expressed. (laughs) But that's not there yet. I'm not saying we can't, but, you know, that's the journey. I hope that that ties it together better. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's really, that's really neat. And what a cool gift to that now, as you say, as a collective, we're opening up to and have access to things like the Akashic Records. And it makes me always think like, where is this all going? Because I know we're just in like this tippy top of the iceberg of what humans could experience and maybe will experience over time if we don't kill ourselves off. (laughs) But it's just neat how consciousness is, is, you know, opening up and we now have access to these things. That's so beautiful. Um, So I'd love to ask about sort of the best word I would say is like soul's desires. So to do with manifesting, you know, some people, and I see this a lot where people think they want something. And when I say, well, why? Sometimes there's people that go, well, I don't know, because I think like I'm 35 and I should be here by now or, you know, and they realize that maybe I actually don't want that. And I've had clients just in the last week be like, I've always said I want kids. And by the time I'm 30 and I'm going do I, do I even want kids or why by the time I'm 30, why all the pressure? So I'm just curious about manifesting from our soul's desires versus maybe our ego desires or, you know, the human just wanting stuff because we should, or we've been programmed that way. Yes. That's a very deep question and a very good one. I'm just um, trying to really succinctly express it. So you can imagine that, we have heart's wishes. So 
So I'm going to use your example of the client. Oh, I want kids by the time I'm 30. So the heart's wish is, is kids. So when you go into the space of the heart, you can ask, so why do you want kids? Um, and then the person can answer, oh, they're so fun. They're so giggly. They just, I love them. They make me feel great. And I may start uncovering a quality where, and I want to leave behind a legacy because children are legacies. So that would be a very truthful heart desire um, expression. But we also have rational mind and conditioning and societal norms. And if the client, the person cannot feel that in the heart, because our, our, I mean, that's a purpose. That's a life purpose to grow a little human into being like a fully functioning, healthy human. I mean, that is big work, right? At least 18 years. And I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. That's that life purpose. I'm you so know, you don't, <laughs> you, you don't want to half-ass that. You really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that cannot be felt in the heart that, oh, I just, you know, I just, it's just a heart thing, then you can go to the mind and you can, can start saying, okay, what's happening? Like, why do you think you need to do it by 30? And then you can uncover belief systems and you can uncover societal norms. And then when you take it from the heart, so the heart is the soul. That's the connection to the soul. Then there's a reason why you want children and why you're supposed to have children. But when you take it to the mind, you can uncover, I'm just going to say it, the mind fuck. The things where... My dad always used to say to me, we don't have children. So my husband and I will be married a long time. Let me think, 26 years this April. So we got married really young and we did want children at the beginning, but because we got married so young, we had to figure ourselves out. And by the time we figured ourselves out, we made peace with not having children. And my dad would always say things, oh my gosh, you got to have children because you're going to feel so lonely. You're going to feel so lonely when you're, that is not true. Do you know how many children need your help and could use a mentor? So you can live that quality of helping children in other ways. So that would be an example from, am I really wanting it because it's, it's my soul, my heart, or is it something that my family kind of just says? I hope does that connect the dots of, of soul level manifesting and kind of mind manifesting, trying to manifest from the mind instead of the heart? Yes. And I love that. And I also see on in that, that when it's the attachment, like I have a, one of the episodes called holding on loosely and talking about how, you know, and, and so it's a perfect example. And I was just thinking of somebody who, like, so for that example of the kids, like you said, the, the having a child may be the sole desire, but the by 30 is the human <laughs> saying, because that's when my body can X, Y, Z, or that's when we should, because after 40, it's downhill or something, you know, you hear all these things that people say and, and, and just kind of are, have been programmed into. So even people with businesses, like I want to have a business that brings in a million dollars or, you know, you know, I, number one book, the sole desire might be to help people and to help massive amounts of people with the book or with the business, but the human is going the million dollars or number one, New York times bestseller to determine success. Almost. It's like, 
I want to write the book because I want to help people. And this is how I'll know that I'm successful is because it's number one. Um, So I don't know if that's translating properly, but it seems like there's this core desire and then there's the human putting the time limit or, you know, when I used to do nutrition consulting, I I did intuitive eating and helping people that had overcome or overcome um, eating disorders and body image stuff. And so people would want to lose weight and I'd try to, you know, when they're ready for it, say like, that could be an authentic desire. Your body would be healthier with less weight, but it's the human saying it has to be 55 pounds. Or if I didn't lose two pounds this week, I'm not doing it fast enough. It's like, we have to really witness when we're in that soul desire versus like the ego constructs. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, you. I love how you always reflected back to me in your words because it's just brilliant. Because then we can look at it from different angles, and it, yes, absolutely. And the the soul is always interested in growth and expansion. So, is that wish for for having a child? Is it going to make you grow and expand? Yes. Is writing that book going to make you grow and expand? But you're absolutely right when you have that attachment to it then it kind of goes wonky because then it's also the rational mind, the ego saying it a certain way that if it's not a number one bestseller, it's not good, which is not true. So it's always about essence work. So when you say soul, you want to help people. So how do you want people to feel when they read your book or what action do you want them to take afterwards that will support manifestation or transformation? And then you have no control over it. Because sometimes people read your book and you never, ever hear about it. Mm-hmm. You never actually know what impact your book has. So it's that surrender to spirit. You know, this is this is what this book is for. But my ego wants to like number one, number one, when it might have been number one for, for a person and it might have picked them up, but you'll never know about it. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, you'll know about it through reviews, but there's going to be lots of people that don't give you reviews. Mm -hmm. So you totally got it. Yeah. Or if you wrote that book and focused on the successes of like, I'm just going to trust it's going to impact people. And hey, look, I made a sale or whatever it is and kept your head in the light. Maybe another book is channeling through you. And that first book was to get your feet wet and to find a publisher and to get the, you know, the rhythm down. And the next book, because you've surrendered to the process and gone like this first one, I'm so grateful for the experience. It was so much fun. The next one might end up being number one because it's actually meant to reach that many people. But if you wouldn't have sort of pinched yourself off with all the negative first talk of the first book, then we're not, you know, almost like pinching off our possibility of what's to come. Not that everything has to go number one, but I'm just saying that crunchy energy will block you from what maybe is even better coming or whatever, right? I actually love that you brought that in because in my work with Akashic Records, it is about, you know, really helping people see who they are at soul level, what their gifts are, how they're standing in the way of using those gifts to create more of what they want. Um, But very specifically, lately, specifically, I'm noticing it's actually about uncovering soul level dreams and desires. Mm -hmm. So again, is that dream of having children your dream? Is it really yours? Um, Is that dream of having a book really yours? Because we get told so much by the outside world We get told how our body is supposed to look, how much money we're supposed to make, what car we're supposed to drive. And if we fit into that mold, oh, we're successful, right? But soul level success is completely different. It's 
it's not necessary. It's not necessarily, especially in the online space, you know, entrepreneurship online, not everybody is meant for videos. Not everybody is meant for writing books. Not everybody is meant for online work. Mm-hmm. They meant, they meant to be at meetups, you know, and in the community. So mm-hmm. there's, we could, yeah. It, that if we can bring a point across is that every single human in connection with their soul is literally as unique as a snowflake. Mm-hmm. That's how creative the universe is. And there's many blueprints. So the Akashic blueprint is original. That's just the essence of your soul. But now we could get into there's astrology, there's numerology, there's human design, there's gene keys, there is... Oh my goodness, there's so many different blueprints. And when you get to know yourself, that's that part where you said Mm -hmm. self-mastery, like it's mastering the self. When you get to know yourself so intimately, then then you're staying in your lane Mm -hmm. and you're using your gifts. And then your gifts, I would really like to bring it to a point, what is meant for you cannot pass you by. Mm. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that. Mm-hmm. It keeps niggling. It keeps pulling. The book keeps showing up in your experience. You know, I can't, it's hard to express that to people when they're feeling hopeless or I don't have any ideas or I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, it is trying to reach you and learning to tune into the soul and your intuition or, you know, where you're being led by life mm-hmm. is such a valuable tool because it is trying to find you. And if you have a core desire in you that you just know you're meant for like travel and, you know, or helping people or having a big family that is in your blueprint. And I believe that, um, as in this life experience, it's like, if you're called to that, it is trying to find you. It's just, sometimes we kind of get in our own way that that's the human thing. I really think that I'm like, you're getting in your own way. You're getting in your own way. I'm getting in my own way. Hey, turns out we're all normal because we're doing this human experience. That is the journey. If we weren't in our own way, like you said, we'd be oneness with source, but that's, or not even in our own way, but you know what I mean? It's like, that, that is the journey. Absolutely. And you also just said a very valid point. Soul desires are whispers. They're not loud. They're not pushy. The whole, like, I need to be number one. That's loud and pushy. That's your ego. That's like question why you want the things. But but your soul is very soft. And when you said, yeah, the book keeps whispering, the book, I can relate to that because I've had, I carried a heart's wish of writing a book for 13 years. I carried it in my heart for 13 years. And it finally came to fruition in the year 2020. And, and I published it, but it, it wouldn't let me go. So that's where you can know that's also a soul desire. The soul is not in a rush. It's about growth and expansion and self-expression. If it takes you 30 years to self-express, so be it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. be it. Yeah, I love that you say that, that the soul and just touching on something you said a couple of minutes ago, it's here for growth and expansion. Mm -hmm. So in say my business, I am called to help people. I always have been, I know that this is what I meant to do. My soul doesn't care if I make a hundred thousand dollars or $20,000. It's here for who will you become as you continue growing and having team members and really go in the distance, like going big. It's not because of the money 
money. And I always hear that. I say that to clients, who will you become as you go through the personal healing or losing the weight or opening up your heart and learning to love again, or, you know, overcoming your childhood traumas. Like that's actually what we're here for is the, who you will become not what will I get at the end of it? Cause it is the journey. It's all those things you see on inspiring calendars, you know, it is the journey and that's the, who you are becoming as you go through your school doesn't care how much money's in your bank it wants you to live in overflow and freedom, but so that you feel good, not yeah. so that you can tell people how much money you have. <laughs> that ties beautifully back to what I know about you, your process. It is about the awakening her. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to become, right? Is that's is that the process? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the her work is that embodying well, that yeah. future self, embodying, you know, the, the the version of you that is living that life. Absolutely. Yes. Would you say it's also when you living that version, you are becoming that version, right? It's about becoming that version. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because when we tap into what I say is like her energy or her essence, she then guides you now. And that process of like being guided toward maybe a new mentor or traveling somewhere or taking some time off or resting or writing or meditating. That is the becoming like it, you know, it's not just about tap into her so you can achieve that now it's where is she guiding you to go? And I'll, I'll say that like, sometimes she guides you to the salad and sometimes she guides you to the chocolate. Sometimes she guides you to something that immediately makes you a bunch of money. And other times it's like shadow work or something that sends you to the depths, but it's all for that fuller expression. It's beautiful. And that's also your soul. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you that, like when people say the highest self or the her, or, you know, I used to say best self. It's funny how far it's come in 10 years. Now it's her work. Right. But it is like what we're trying to say when we say that. So how does that in your perspective tie into your soul? Do you mean specifically that, that, that higher self vision and embodying it? Yeah. Like if I was to say my higher self is telling me to do this, would you say that's your soul or how do those two kind of correlate? So there's, there's literally, let me think there's different, there's different expressions of soul. So let, let's talk about that. Then I think it will answer that question. So you can imagine soul to be the point of your origin. And when, when I look at the, the original divine soul blueprint, I'm looking at qualities. So there's different gifts and every gift has a quality. So that's the point of your origin. Then we also talk about spirit, right? And of course, spirit is also soul, but then think about, oh, she's got spirit. Mm -hmm. So she's actually letting her soul come through her. She expressing her soul. That's, that's a spirited child. Children are still very connected to who they are. And then through conditioning and, you know, school and this and that, they are taught to be someone else. They, they are themselves. And then they're taught to not be that. So that would be that spirit coming through you. Then there's also the nuance of your essence where people just kind of feel you. You don't say any words. I, I had a wonderful man just come up to me. And just kind of go out of the blue. Oh, you're a joyful spirit. And, and I was so taken aback because I was like, well, thank you. And it is true. I have this joy in my heart. You know, I'm grateful for life. But that would be, or someone else would say, 
um, to someone else, oh, you're just always so calming. Like your presence is so calming, but you're not saying any words. You're not. So that's also part of you essence. And then there's that higher self and the higher self is that is your conscious awareness, connection to your soul of what's possible for you. And obviously that's going to change at one point and that's what I call the soul's evolution. So, so the connection to the higher self is actually that conscious connection point of what's possible for you. So if you're hearing the whisper, oh, I really don't like my corporate job. I need to leave. I need to come up with an idea. That's your higher self question, having you question existing systems and structures so that you can build your own. Does that make sense? So there are different points. And then and then there'll be another level of higher self when you're already in your business and now you're you're doing well, you're generating money, but you're kind of, okay, if I do this, I'll reach more people. So mm-hmm. then it'll be, that will be your higher self vision because your higher self has grown. It's like, okay, now not only are you going to, you are going to make more money, but because you're serving more people. So the the focus is on service and reach and impact, but it doesn't mean there's nothing, there's nothing spiritual about being like broke. Right. And, and if you, if you make a lot of money, you can also start being like a philanthropist. You can start helping mm-hmm. these important causes. So that's how I would explain the, the higher self. It's that connect, that conscious connection point that we have to the higher version of us. And I keep going like this because it is It's like, you know, open up, open up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're talking about the same thing. Absolutely. Just different words and different ways we get there. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the same thing. And I love how you say the soul kind of connecting to consciousness, because that is so true. It's like conscious is in the brain or that, you know, it has us have thoughts. So we get this thought and the thought might come across to some people like, oh, I hate this freaking job. But actually that's a divine plant for like, maybe there's something more for me. It's just kind of, it interacts with our consciousness or our pre-programmed thought and patterns and language and ways of thinking to come across as something which is so beautiful because I always say to people that like your low vibes or your bad days or your persistent struggles are actually the portal to so much more but also it's the portal to like your soul telling you something's not working right like we may be stuck in a human pattern but the discomfort and the frustration it's not the soul frustrated but it's like the there's something more for you. And it's like, Oh, I know, but I keep doing these patterns. It's almost like there is a connection to, to something more through that persistent struggle. So if you're hating your job, it might be, you know, interpreted from your soul whispering you that like, you're meant to do your own thing. You're meant to create your own structure, your own freedom in your own life. Um, so yeah, I love that you touch on that. That's so beautiful. Um, so there's one more thing that I really want to ask you because it's something that has come up. You know, I get this question a lot and my husband, I remember we had this intense conversation maybe like five or six years ago where he was like, okay, so I kind of want to bring it back and see what you'd say Uh, regarding the soul and regarding like our path here. There's a lot of talk about like what is destined for us, like predestined, like this is what we have to experience and free will and the way that we get to choose it. So is there, especially a lot of people will ask, and I have, I'll have my own response to this. I'm really curious what you'd say, but, but 
what is my purpose? What is my, what am I meant to do? Am I meant to be a teacher? And if I'm doing anything else that's wrong and it's kind of like the mix of what is destined for us and what is our free will and what is the playground that we just get to like come and create what's the right path and what's the wrong path. And this sort of whole idea, I'm just curious your thoughts on that. It's a really juicy question. I love it. It's so good. (laughs) And and there's actually a really good way for, for me to understand it. And that's what I'm going to share with you. There is the word destiny, and then there's a word fate. And fate are those looping, unconscious, karmic patterns where my parents, their fate was, that's what I watched as a child, constant money struggles, constant um, relationship drama. Do you think they were meant for that? And I, and I literally said to my husband, you know, spirit, source, universe, is not here to punish you. Do you really believe that? But that's what a lot of people think because they're in the fate loop. They're like, they keep same patterns, same patterns. And if you look at the word fate in that context, and then you look at destiny, and if you feel energy, you'll feel how heavy fate feels and how how destiny just makes you, it's like you can breathe. And and then looking at destiny, that's your divine potential. That's your gift, your divine potential. Your gift is here to be lived. And that's where we come back to what I had shared originally. So obviously, when you discover your divine gift, and I'm just going to use me as an example, divine power, finding myself in a corporate job that I hated. So obviously, I'm not feeling all like, oh, you know, I'm no, I'm 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 in a corporate job that I don't like. But I know I have a gift of divine power. So I can become the person that lives her destiny and is not looping in fate Mm. so that's that's how I would explain it differently and then it obviously takes action on my part I have to take action to to create the new system the new structure and it took a long time but I did it and then and now I don't feel like I'm victim to my fate but I'm here to create my destiny, which is to just self-express my soul and share my gifts with the world. That's how I would explain that. Mm, That's really cool. I've never heard someone say fate, explain fate like that. It almost reminds me of people say like, I just have bad luck or like, it's not in the cards for me. Like I'll hear people say that just off the cuff, like, Oh, it's not in the cards in this lifetime. Like not necessarily spiritual people actually meaning lifetime. They just kind of say it. And it's like, but well, not with that attitude. It's not. (laughs) I didn't answer your purpose question. And the purpose thing is very misunderstood. Um, you're, um, in my view, it is you're a spiritual sovereign being that gets to make choices every day. And if you find yourself in a corporate job, like I did, you give everything you do as small as it is, you give it purpose. Mm. You, okay, right now, the purpose of my corporate job is to have a steady income so I can build my business on the side. Purpose, boom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not victimhood. That that is really different. It's like, I'm the creator of my life. I'm creator being. I'm, I'm choosing to, to, to create my destiny using my, my potential, my divine potential that wants to be lived. And I'm not a victim to my circumstances. I'm not going to loop in fate. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. And what do you think as far as like how people like to say purpose, like career, they get those very in, you know, intertwined, mm-hmm. um, 
and someone that wants to, because there are a lot of people here that want to have their own business or do already, how do we take our purpose in a way that we can actually serve others in some sort of business way? And then people then ask from that point, like, am I living my purpose? Am I not? Mm -hmm. Is this what I'm meant to be doing? What would you sort of say to that? And and I'm going to go to the German language because that's very helpful. I can also give you two words again, because the German word for career is Beruf. And and, and then there's berufung. So you can see how the, the word career is in the word beruf. Beruf is career and then berufung. But what berufung means is calling. Hmm. So, so then, so my career is the calling of my soul. So hmm. some, some souls will have a calling to really be there for animals and children. And they, they do really... Um, you know, those are the people that save, like right now, saving the dogs in the Ukraine or the animals that are left behind. That is a calling because that's tough work. Mm-hmm. That is tough work and they don't get a lot of money for it, but they do it because it's part of their soul's calling. And and then because it's just something they do and they congratulated by everybody doing this bravery, it's also their purpose. So, so you see how it marries but now what's what's happening in the online space and um in the business building space is that again that social conditioning that outer like you've got to have a six-figure business and this and that or a seven-figure business and it's got to be your purpose it gets really wonky and that's where that's why the work i can't answer your question completely because it's going to be very individual that's why you look at the original divine soul blueprint to kind of see what are you telling yourself is your calling and what is truly your calling? Mm. What are you telling yourself is your purpose and what is truly your purpose? There's a difference. Mm, Yeah. I love that so much. There's something about the way that you just described that. That's so beautiful because they can be the same thing, but you could also work a job that isn't your soul's calling, but you're still completely in purpose. And who just came up actually in my mind was my dad. And in part of his essence, he's so fun and light and inspiring. Like people just love him, but it's only because he makes, he's just so non-judgmental. He just laughs at things. He's just a fun person to be around. So everyone's like, Oh, John, I love him. I love him. And what he did for his job, in his career. He had a few, but the whole time I was alive from the time I was born, he was a postie. He was a postman Mm -hmm. and he loved it because he was up early. He was off early. He got really good vacation, really good pension, great pay. He got exercise. He walked so far every day. It kept him fit up until he was 65 or whatever. And then he started, you know, he was still active. It so fit his life. But he said that sometimes he spent time going like, should I be doing something more with my life? But because he was so driven towards fun and freedom, it was actually the perfect job to give him the income. We went on vacations. He had a great life. He could take time off or whatever. It just worked for him. It allowed him to be healthy, all these things I'm saying, and then go have the money to go out and do fun things in his life. He also does pottery. And so he's always sold pottery, but when he tried to do it as his only thing, it put too much pressure on it. And he said he started hating doing it. It had to pay the bills. And then there was all this hustle. So it actually gave him this lifestyle to create freedom, fun, 
fun ease. He could still do his pottery. He could take me, you know, on trips, we'd go somewhere once a year or whatever. And it was just perfect. And I look back and as an intuitive and reflecting on his life, there was nothing he should have done differently. It wasn't that he was supposed to be some sort of anything different. It was actually perfect. So I don't know really why that whole long example came up, but it's just that it you can live your purpose and not have a job as a healer or a this or a that, because maybe that is part of your purpose is it's easy for you to clock in and out, get a good paying job and then travel the world or do whatever else with your time and not have pressure. Yes, you you just, again, like I love how you reflected back because you just beautifully said it. You can imagine like this, the job gave him the structure and the framework to live the purpose, which the purpose is the quality, is the freedom, the fun, the ease. That was the purpose. Mm-hmm. And and the, the structure of the job gave him the ability to do the purpose. But this is the part where there's just too much going on. Like you're told you're supposed to be something. No, you kind of, you figure it out as you go along. And he figured it out. He tried the pottery for a job and noticed, oh my gosh, it robs me of my joy. So you totally had a point using that as an example is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cool part is, I mean, he creates pottery to this day. And now that he's retired and he's doing it, he's like busier than he can handle. Like he just makes it and sells it and makes it and sells it. And he's like, wow, when I tried this when I was 30, it was hard to get a job or hard to get people to buy enough to pay the bills. But when he took that pressure off himself, he got to have the life of, you know, fun and freedom that, you know, and now that he's in his like 70s, looking back, he's like, I had a great life of fun and freedom. And it's like, yeah, that was what you were meant to do the whole time. But imagine him just for this example, spending 30, whatever years at the post office going, Oh, I should be something more. I should be more. I should be making millions. I should be, that would have pinched off his joy and fun and freedom, his entire career, which your soul is going, no, right. Like live it up fine. And like you said, the, the post office job, the intention was to give him the money, the structure, as you said, to go have fun in life. So to bring that intention, that purpose into what he was doing. Yes. And I know you don't understand the German words completely, but it really is, Beruf is the career. So he had the career as a postman. It was the structure. And Berufung was actually that joy, that that ease, that freedom. So he did. And, and that's the discernment. And it's it's... Perfect example. Perfect example you just gave. I just wish you would know the words in German, but I can just tell you that, you know, career, structure, framework, Berufung means calling. Mm. So the structure of the career gave him the opportunity to follow his calling, which was joy and fun and freedom and vacation and short days, you know. Perfect. I love that. So for those people that are maybe feeling this, where they're like, I want to do something that is purposeful, that makes money. I mean, right from our conversation here, I just almost want to say to those people, like be in your calling, Mm -hmm. which 
which will allow if you're meant to, or if you want to be an entrepreneur, like it'll lead you there instead of the endless Googling about like, what type of business should I start Mm -hmm. type of energy, be in the calling of the fun of the freedom of the adventure of the, whatever it is for you, your authentic essence, what I would say, like your core values, that type of thing, be in that. And from there, the business idea or tools or resources will come if that's what you really want to do. Do you agree with that? Or what would you yeah. kind of say that? Yes, I agree with that. Cause again, you, you put it in the beautiful words of saying be in the calling would be become her right. Or him that would be, be in the calling. And then you just kind of trust the flow. It also takes surrender that you trust the right resource. If I'm her in the, what, what do I imagine my business is going to give me? Right. That's you start with the essence and then you're her, you'll find the business model you want. You'll find or you might actually find yourself um, similar to your dad where it's like, no, this is actually fine. I actually have a job that pays me well. That's not too hard. Doesn't stress me out. And I can live my calling in my free time. Mm hmm. You know, not everybody is made to have a business. Mm -hmm. And I say this because it takes a lot of self-determination, a lot of discipline, and to show up at all times, even if you don't feel like showing up. Yeah. You know? Uh So you don't have to put yourself under that pressure that you have to have a business. Maybe you just need a perfect fit job. Yeah. I love that, that you said, be in the calling and it'll lead you there. Be in the calling, in the quality of what you want. Absolutely. And also for that example, as he was the postman, he spread joy to everyone. He got to know people. He loved going into businesses. You know, even the cab drivers at the end of your route, you take a cab back down, back to the post office. Like he just got to know everyone and was his calling while he was doing mail. He would take our dog. He would run half the route. Like he brought fun to it. People be like, oh, there's the postie with the dog. Hey, John, you know, Christmas, we always got so many gifts, like people, bottles of wine and chocolate because they just loved him. His joy was, is still infectious and people just like, I love him. It has nothing to do with how much money he made or what career he chose. His essence is what would live on when he's no longer here or what impacted people. It wasn't, you know, he, he brought that to his job. So there are a lot of people where if you're looking for the career, bring your authenticity, bring your wisdom, bring your humor, bring your joy to the job you currently have. And I've even had clients where they've got scouted out by other companies while they're in their job because they're such a good employee and they have that magnetism, they bring joy to it that other companies are like, can you come work for me? It's like, that's how things could happen if it is a career pivot you're looking for. Yes, your dad sounds like the perfect example of soul health. He truly is incredible. I tell him that all the time. Like you're the most inspiring person. And the cool part is you have no idea how awesome you are. He's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I feel like a mess half the time. I'm like, I know, but you're just so authentic and joyful. Like I study him. I'm like, how do you do that? Because that's really amazing. Um, Yeah. I'm really glad that this, that this came up today and it's so beautiful to talk about this stuff. Um, There was something that I was just going to ask you about the purpose and the calling. And then it left me. And I think it might just meant to be left. Um, I was going to note, you keep saying reflector. I'm actually a human design reflector. And they're like, 
1% of the population. It's so, I've never met another one. And when I was told that, and then I started getting, you know, looking deeper into it, it really helped me to own my gifts. Cause I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what I am. That's totally how I work. I reflect things back like metaphors and with clients, I can really reflect their greatness, their potential, and also what's going on that we need to give some love into, you know? So oh, yeah, yeah, it's neat. You I keep saying that you shared it. Cause every time you've you did. You reflected back at me. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant words. Like you, you totally understood what I said. That was my reaction. Like you totally got it. And you you added another layer to it, which I'm very glad we had this conversation playing ping pong, because I know the listeners are going to understand it so well, because there's so there's two we're saying the same things, but you you reflected back beautifully. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're very like-minded and thank you for saying that, but I just so appreciate your perspective on this. And I really get this feeling from you that the soul is this beautiful part of us that we can honor and we can integrate and you're not doing it wrong or right. It's a journey to discover more of who you truly are and have it guide you lovingly. And I love that because I think there's a lot of people in this new wave of spirituality going like, am I doing it wrong? Like, I'm tapped into my soul or I'm not. And I'll have people be like, I don't even, you know, it's almost like my soul's way over there. There's, I'm just so disconnected. And it's like, no, it's actually part of who you are. And it's that shift in awareness and listening. And I really get that from you and your message and your energy. It's like this gentle, loving, yet so inspiring take on the soul. So thank you so much. And thank you for integrating it with manifesting. That's so interesting to me. And I just love this. So thank you so much. This has been so so good. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I'm so grateful this worked out. Um, so can you let everybody know where we can follow along if somebody would like to book with you or see what you're up to? Are you on social media or where can we go? So on social media, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Nadia Shana Kraus. And on Instagram, you can find me as Soul Health Mentor, at Soul Health Mentor. And if you want to find out more about the Soul Realignment Method, you can go to NadiaKraus.com, Soul Realignment Explained. <laughs> nice. I love that. I'll put all the links in the show notes as well. So you guys can check her out. This has just been so incredible. I feel like we need to like, I don't know, collaborate or do a part two or something because I could just talk to you forever. So again, thank you so much for sharing your soul and sharing your <laughs> message um, and your essence with us today. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you in your life and it inspired you. If you want to find more from me and my guests, make sure to check the link in the show notes, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. I am at Talia Joy Manifestation. Make sure to take a screenshot that you're listening to the show. Come and tag us over on Instagram. Let us know your takeaways. We love to hear about people manifesting their dream lives. So make sure to check the link in the show notes. There are also some free goodies down there for you. I'll see you in the next episode.